0: Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, Emerging Perspectives on People, Process, and Profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here. Welcome to Quantum
1: Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world and with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my guests all the way from Sao Paulo, Brazil, Simon Robinson and Maria Moraes Robinson. We'll be discussing Holonomics, a holistic view of our economy. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Simon and Maria. Simon Robinson is an author and founder of Holonomics Education and Consulting based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He is co-author, along with Maria Moraes Robinson, of Holonomics, Business Where People and Planet Matter, and Simon is a fellow techie. He was co-founder of Genie Internet, the award-winning world's first mobile phone portal for the internet. His broad career includes working with ergonomics and human factors, as well as being responsible for user interfaces and shaping the customer experience of fixed and mobile consumer products. He helped to develop global standards for internet and mobile phones. And he's been responsible for new media strategies for MTV, Big Brother, Electronic Arts, Disney, Sky, and Mirror Group. Maria Moraes Robinson is an economist and consultant in strategy, change management, and the balanced scorecard methodology, which she introduced into Brazil across many sectors, including telecom, technology, petrochemical, steel, energy, transportation, and education. Her current work is focused on developing innovative new Business courses, which integrate the teachings and philosophy of Schumacher College, human values in education, and insights from complexity sciences with business strategy, change management, process, and organizational design. Maria is a teacher and lecturer, and in addition to co authoring Holonomics, people business where people and planet matter she co-authored strategy management experiences and lessons from brazilian companies and the strategic activist so simon maria welcome to quantum business insights
2: hi olivia thanks very much for having us on the show
1: oh thank you very much my pleasure so I really love the word the word holonomics. I actually went to buy the URL one time, thinking it was a very cool word, and I'm so delighted that <laughs> you guys are using it the way I yeah. would have thought about it, because it's a perfect prefix for um, a perfect blend of the prefix "holo," which kind of we think of you know holistic healing and other words starting with "holo" for wholeness, and then of course economics. So, can you explain the meaning in your words of Holonomics, where it originated, and how you um, use it in the title of your book, Holonomics: Business Where People and Planet Matter.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we first find the word holonomic, uh, the word holonomic, as a branch of mathematics in 1896. It was introduced by Hertz, and then the use of the word holonomic system gradually moved from uh, mathematics into physics, and nowadays holonomic systems is also used to describe a branch of robotics. However, the word uh, branched out a little bit, and I'm sure many of your uh, listeners are familiar with uh, the physicist David Bohm, who of course uh, wrote a lot about wholeness and quantum systems. Mm. And so we see the word uh, holonomic being related to the word hologram in relationship to holographic brain theory, the way in which consciousness is distributed throughout the brain holographically. What uh, Maria and I did, we created a new word, holonomics, to give this sense of wholeness and economics. And for us, um, you know, there's a lot of talk in business about a move away from mechanism and mechanistic thinking. But what we really saw was that people haven't really had an opportunity before in, in many areas to really, ex- what does wholeness mean? Mm. So really for us, it's this, we both really like the word, it's the wholeness of economics, a true understanding of wholeness in systems.
1: Wow, that's so inspiring because it's really, I think, not only good for business, but it's it's going to be good for the people in the, in the business, which is certainly reflected in your book. Um, so, you, can you share a key insight from your book, Holonomics? Yeah, it's
2: very difficult to give an elevator pitch for Holonomics. But <laughs> if, I, if I was to attempt one, um, I'd really say, or we, we would both say, what we're doing, we're teaching people to see and the way in which we're teaching people to see is to lead them into a higher level of consciousness. So in holonomics, we're not introducing a methodology, we're not introducing a framework. We're leading, to, leading to people towards this very profound uh, way of seeing wholeness in systems. And that way, we can really move towards understanding wholeness in nature. And it's developing this great respect, a new respect, new eyes for nature that will then really help us profoundly transform our whole concept of economics and economic systems.
1: Mm, Yeah, because we know in nature that it's constantly adapting to new circumstances, right? So, that's the challenge right now for businesses. And I think that's why this model is so powerful. Absolutely. So how do you, hmm. you introduce this concept of holonomic thinking um, and you were, yeah, you were saying how it, how it takes us to a deeper understanding. Um, so maybe just talk about it in terms of systems and when people are, maybe the, the concept that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, like how does that <laughs> <buy> in into <laughs> holonomic thinking?
2: The, the way we introduce holonomic thinking is we, we talk about the holonomic platform. <laughs> so um, what everyone, what leaders, what everyone in business is looking for are new business models. Mm. And um, this, this is the key, the key point of leadership, innovation, creativity. We, we need new and profoundly new, radically new business models. Now, the, the problem is that we can only really introduce sustainable business models if we have a profound understanding of systems thinking and systems models. Mm-hmm. So, we, so before we can introduce business models, we have to really study systems thinking. And of course, in holonomics, we look at complex systems in nature. Now, here's the thing. For people who are kind of, stuck or maybe trapped in kind of linear mechanistic thinking, what, what Maria and I see is that it's, ve- it's actually very difficult for people to really study complex systems in nature and really internalize the deep and profound insights of a shift from thinking about objects to one of relationships between objects, this is not a simple um, leap or bridge, you know, it's not a simple um, leap to make. Before we can really understand complex systems in nature, we really have to look at um, our mental models Mm. and how our mental models affect how we really see and connect and comprehend reality. So for us, holonomic thinking, it's a mixture of the teaching of new business models, systems models, and a profound deep dive into an exploration of our own mental models and how that affects our way of seeing. And then what we do when when we're teaching students, because, you know, we, we both teach, also teach at business schools, we really start at the level of mental models and we we really help people understand maybe how their own mental models limit themselves and give kind of almost kind of, the way, of the, uh, the way in which we see it almost forces us kind of downstream to think in terms of objects like if you think of language. Language is all about the separation of subjects and objects. Mm. And sometimes if we don't study our way of seeing, we don't see this limitation. So um, what we describe holonomic thinking as, is it opens up a new window on the world. It really helps um, students to see in new ways. Then they can really start to appreciate complex systems in nature that we then talk about. And then, of course, we're ready to really start looking at New business models, because people are much more open to really understanding why we need these new mis- business models, and also what it really means to them. They really start to connect with these teachings. They don't just understand um, the theory intellectual, intellectually, or from an academic point of view. What Maria and I really do is try and give people experiential um, learning experiences, so that it, so it's a very profound shift in consciousness.
1: Well, that's really interesting. And I've done teaching in, at corporate conferences. I, I think it must be somewhat of a luxury to have young minds because what I've been seeing is, depending on the industry especially, some of the really older industries with with senior level people who maybe have been there for many, many years and they're kind of stuck in that mechanistic thinking it's really scary for them to yeah. kind of give that up. And, and I see that they only do it when the business is creating so much pain that they have to do something <laughs> else. I'd love for you to ex- maybe talk, talk a little bit about the mental models just in case our listeners aren't quite um, familiar with that term. Just give some examples. Yeah, it,
2: it's, it's very interesting, Olivia, because I, I hear people use the term mental model a lot and sometimes you, you can kind of see that they haven't really grasped uh, this, this concept. And the, the way we do it is really through, um, I've, been, I've been influenced a lot by philosophy, and a lot of philosophers have really gone into this whole dynamic way of seeing in detail. But the philosophy, when you read maybe European books on philosophy from maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, the language is just impenetrable. Mm. So, so really, what we do, we um, we do a lot of work with. It's quite difficult to describe in the spoken word <laughs> because we use a lot. <laughs> we it's use a lot visual. of. If, yeah, yes. we use a lot of visual imagery, and we kind of show. We use um, ambiguous images. Yeah, mm. an ambiguous image is an image where there's maybe something hidden in the image and it's not exactly obvious what the image is when you first look at it but then as you look more and more at these kind of ambiguous kind of visual chaotic um, patterns you then start to see uh, known objects to you emerge and this is what we mean when we talk about the coming into being of, mm. of objects of phenomena and it's really interesting to um, help people understand that I think the key point about mental models is that before you can really see a phenomena you already have to have a mental model of it in your mind otherwise it's almost um, impossible to see and I think one of one of the great examples was from Galileo when Galileo first looked at the moon through a telescope he, he didn't see mountains, mm. yeah, he, he kind of saw black and white kind of blobs or shadows. And it took Galileo quite a long time to realise that in fact, no, what he was seeing was mountains on the moon. And then once Galileo described um, what he was seeing, everyone else who then looked through telescopes could then see the mountains, whereas before they were just seeing a kind of chaotic pattern. So this is what we talk about when we and sometimes, you know, this is quite a profound way of seeing and sometimes when we especially in organizations, when people look at other people, they're looking at other people not in terms of what their deep potential is or what they're truly saying. But when we if we shift this into the organizational space, it's quite amazing how when people look at other people, their idea of that person affects them. Uh, greatly and they sometimes can't see the contributions and the value that people could potentially offer their Mm. organization so this is really important uh, for leaders to understand
1: yeah and we often hear people say that what bothers us and other people is usually what we don't like about ourselves or something so we're always projecting and I could see that if we absolutely didn't expand ourselves yeah that's great Mm. Um, I also heard a rumor hearing related to the Galileo story that the the Native Americans couldn't see the ships when we were coming over to the New World because they had no concept of ships. Is that... Have you heard that? Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Oh, do you want to... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, absolutely. And there's many different examples um, of this, you know, when, when you... Um, a really interesting example, um, I mention it in my book when I went to buy a car, um, <laughs> this, this sounds like a crazy example, but it's, it really makes the point. Um, I went into the car dealership a Vauxhall dealership, and I wanted a car that had a lot of space for my mountain bike and stuff, and I'd never come across a Mariva before, you know, mm-hmm. the, the name didn't register, and I just thought, what is that? It's a Mariva, and it's a strange people carrier, and it's a very <laughs> strange car, it's not sexy, But it's fantastic for (laughs) carrying mountain bikes and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I bought this car. And what do you know? I'm driving around, and all I see is other Vauxhall Marivas. Whereas (laughs) literally, when I've been driving before, I just didn't see this genre of car.
1: That's so interesting. I bet all of my listeners can relate to that kind
2: of example. It really is interesting that, you know, we think we see everything that is around us. But in fact, we don't.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're, um, we're coming up on a break in a few minutes, and I would want to dig into how holonomic thinking can be applied to business. So I think what I'll do is go to break now, so we have a little bit longer segment when we come back, because this is just so interesting. Um, so again, today my guests are Simon Robinson and Maria Moraes Robinson, authors of Holonomics, Business Where People and Planet Matter. And you can learn more about their work at transitionconsciousness.org. And we'll be right back.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here voice america business network engage with andy bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on cnbc yahoo finance and numerous radio and television programs our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds each show includes andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home life's complicated let andy help you figure it out Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights.
1: Hi, Olivia here, and I'm back with my guests, Simon Robinson and Maria Morais Robinson. And you can learn more about them at transitionconsciousness.org. And I want to mention that their book, Holonomics, is available on amazon.co.uk and it will be available on amazon.com in a few weeks. So watch for that. So before the break, I was saying how we are going to start to talk about how holonomic thinking would be can be applied to business. And um, so I think Maria is gonna be answering uh, this question for us because she's got such rich experience here. So can you tell us a little bit about how we can apply this to business, Maria? Yeah, sure. Uh,
4: I've been working with companies and executives and leaders for more than 15 years already. And I I can see that one of the biggest problems in business, in organizations, in any uh, groups of uh, people, is uh, communication. And communication because people are, as Simon said about mental model, uh, people are not used to... Uh, to pay attention in other people and to, to give uh, uh, value of the relationship and what other people's uh, perspectives are. So in companies, normally, uh, we have people stuck in their areas, in their uh, mental models, and the dialogues are very difficult. Mm-hmm. And many times uh, to solve a problem, to solve, uh, to find a way to solve, uh, uh, I don't know, some challenge inside a company, many times the dialogue, to dialogue with other areas, with other people, with other perspectives mm-hmm. is the solution. But normally... Um, It's very rare these kind of things happen. So, holonomic thinking applied in business can be, for instance, in meetings, uh, improving the dialogues between people, between the leaders, the managers, um, to create more relationship between different areas. Uh, It's incredible. I normally see inside companies, there is like... um, a barrier between areas areas, mm-hmm. and so people are not used to to change, uh, to talk about things that happened So, uh, our work and uh, holonomic thinking can be applied, giving people uh, the sense of the company as a whole and be seen as a whole by each person in the company. And not only inside the company, but with the whole environment, the relationship with suppliers, with clients, with the community, with the government. So the whole environment can be seen as a whole. And so from this perspective, as in nature, when something is happening, some problem in some area, the whole company is prepared to help. And this, this can change, for instance, the way uh, each area is um, evaluated. So the indicators, the measures uh, can be, must be thinking uh, differently because you have to, to consider these relationships, this whole in the way you measure the progress or the
1: results of the whole company. Have you been able to get companies to really adjust their measurements in this way? Have you been successful with that?
4: Yeah. In fact, we are starting. We we used to say that we are in a transition moment because it uh, is very strong. It is still very strong, the idea of measures and I will measure and I put targets for each area in a company. So what we are working more um, strongly is with HR departments, mm-hmm. because is a is an area that is very difficult. You find exactly measures because when we are talking about people about. Um, if the, the people are, are more uh, competent uh, for to, to work some things for a job and et cetera, um, it's not uh, simple to find a uh, clear measure because we are talking about qualitative, more than quantitative uh, measures and aspects. So uh, this area is more open to understand this uh, holonomic thinking than other areas. So we are more working
1: with uh, this area at this moment. Okay, so, cause I could see this being part of a balanced scorecard, something like employee satisfaction or or number of sick days, things like that, that might really be indicators. Exactly, exactly. So, in in your book, Colonomics, you talk about types of leadership. How we're having to move away from the command and control and and go with kind of a different way. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really interesting that you know one of the case studies is um, Gore because they they if you go to visit Gore the, the company they don't have any organizational structure whatsoever. Now this is, it's still a fairly, I would say it's almost unique still as an organisational structure, I not to have any organisational structure, they, they have a lattice organisational structure. And this is really interesting because leaders are allowed to emerge. Um, leaders are those people who naturally emerge as um, gain, you know, gaining followers throughout the organization and the Gore, Gore are one of the most innovative uh, companies on the planet because they can be so um, adaptive and agile but within Gore what we see is a deep respect for values and trust and this is something that it's ve- something that is very difficult to re- really develop in organizations because there's silos, Mm. this competition, this politics and so uh, this is the one thing that, this is one of the things that um, I try and tell people, you don't have to convert your kind of command and control hierarchical organization immediately to something so radical because that could potentially break the organization. But if we look at the opposite, the extreme, you know, um, I've been with clients where there has been someone who says, "Oh, I'm not going to talk to that person because they're two levels lower than me in the organisational structure," mm. and it's like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like, this is the if we if we try to think of the opposite, it's oh, you know, it it is very frustrating and quite amazing that some people are so status driven that they refuse to talk and engage with people below them. And I think one thing we can really learn from the most innovative companies is that solutions can emerge and are allowed to emerge from any part of the organisational structure. Mm. So if you are either so rigid in your communication structures or if you, you are so fixed on social status, then you'll never achieve that level of innovation,
1: no, that totally makes sense. And I've even heard of people having conversations with some of the very low-level employees and getting really great ideas. In fact, I remember hearing a fellow, and I know I've shared this on my show before, where this fellow was hired, um, Robert Krieger. He wrote a book called Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he would go into companies and try to come up, figure out what they were attached to that was no longer working. And then stimulate innovation and he was sharing every Friday he would just talk to different people and on in one of these conversations there was a woman that just did cleaning and she uh, was, this was a, a Taco Bell, they were struggling and she came up with the idea for a taco pizza I believe it was and that basically saved the company and she really was very low level you know if you look at a hierarchy um, but had this brilliant idea so I think that's so absolutely true that a lot of companies yeah. miss out if they don't really get. And, and most of the employees also are the ones that are talking to the suppliers and the customers where a lot of the pain points be, could be coming through. So um, I totally agree with that. But yeah, and uh, mostly nowadays that the, the
4: reality is much more complex mm. because we have much more variables in, uh, impacting in a company. You need more perspectives
1: yeah. You need
4: more people, more way of seeing the reality together, in order to better find uh, the solution or a new way to do things.
2: And and therefore, if you're aware of your own mental models, what we don't, what we do, we, we talk about, we honour people's mental models. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to destroy people's mental models. But if you can become, if you be, can become mindful and more aware of your own mental models, then you can start to honor other people's mental models. You honor other people's way of seeing. And dialogue doesn't, or other conversations, no longer become battles to see who the winner is. But when you start to honor other people's mental models, kind of solutions can emerge naturally out of the dialogue as a whole and not through you trying to force your opinion on someone else. And, you know, they're they're forced to go along with the decision, but they haven't changed their mind. So here we have another kind of sense of wholeness, Mm -hmm. understanding the wholeness, the whole meaning of a dialogue. And you can really only reach that if you have a sense of the contribution your mental models are contributing to the dialogue and the ability to really listen and try and take in what other people are saying as well
1: so it sounds like you're saying with the level of complexity sometimes the solutions have to come from people interacting and maybe one person's con- contribution along with another person's contribution can can solve it where individually it's much more difficult that's yeah. that's interesting and if uh if this is introduced, do you have people sometimes that just can't step up and do this? They need either coaching or they have to leave their job because they're just uncomfortable trying to do this sort of vulnerable work?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes it comes back to age again because um, both Maria and I, we also do occasional teaching at a business school in Brazil called Sustentari, which is in the south of Brazil. And there we're teaching MBA students and postgraduate students doing uh, further further educational courses, and the age of these people typically it's maybe mid twenties to To mid mid -mid forties. Yeah, mid forties, but in general maybe mid twenties to mid thirties, Mm. and they're gaining all this exposure to this new way of thinking. Mm. And then of course it's a classic question: what happens when you go back? And you you get stuck. So often we do actually work at a very high level in organisations to really work with leaders because what we have to do we have to we're changing the model of leadership. Mm. Um, otherwise this doesn't work. But the other thing that we do suggest is if people try and introduce some of this level of thinking in their spheres that they're responsible for show you know do some uh, projects really start to use dialogue maybe in your own departments you haven't necessarily included the whole organization but it's a start mm-hmm. and then once you start to get these little bits of success then other people will really start to take an interest because there's there's no greater um, Inducement to change than other people being successful.
1: Yeah,
4: Yeah. and uh, um, the key word that we use is transition because, in fact, in hierarchical organizations, uh, there is a feeling, not only the feeling, but it is reality. The people in a lower position, they need the leader to to allow them to do something or, or other things. So they, they have this feeling of uh, impotent,
2: Impotence, yeah.
4: Yeah, impotence. So uh, when we show this new way of doing things, they say, yeah, but what can I do if my leader, my boss doesn't uh, believe in this or doesn't want? So this is why we suggest to start a pilot, to start something in the the area that this person has some... um, um,
2: Degree of influence, Degree yeah. of
4: influence, yeah. and so the results will appear because, of course, it is a new way to find uh, solutions for the problems, and so uh,
1: they can start a movement inside the, the organization. I, yeah, so it sounds like companies that are then, they have to take a little more risk or, or you know, allow things to... To be tested and then fail fast and and move on to something else. But yeah, but um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's really the only way to really survive. Because I had a guest on in March, Rebecca Costa, and she wrote a book called The Watchman's Rattle, which talks about complexity and how our brains are trying to catch up, you know. And she said that complexity, a simple way of thinking about it is now there's a very, a lot more wrong solutions than there are right ones, and so <laughs> we can't really figure it out. We just have to maybe test a little bit and then move. I had kind of like a venture capital model where you know and and I could see then taking people who have some kind of interest uh, degree of influence in their little area and letting them come up with a solution to test that's that's really a sounds like a great idea.
2: yeah because um transition is is such a key word for both of us. And one of the things that Maria does, which I think is um, quite spectacular, she she runs a dialogue group or a community um, of best practice Practice. group in Sao Paulo. And Mm -hmm. this is where people responsible for strategy come together from different industries and they talk about their challenges. So I Mm -hmm. don't know if you want to talk a little bit about this, because this is where it's about the journey. And yes, we, there, are, there are challenges and frustrations, but people now really need to come together to really share their insights and really help each other across industries and across mm. sectors.
4: Yeah, this is very, very nice because it's a community and the spirit of this group is a community spirit. That means uh, people are open and there is a confidence between them in order to open their hearts, not only their minds. (laughs) Yeah. And to say, oh, I am really struggling to do that. I don't know how to do, what to do. And so they change their perspectives, their experiences and knowledge. And uh, I facilitated a group in order to bring together uh, all of them and uh, to bring the subjects and uh, it's very I think it's a very nice way nice uh, thing to introduce inside the companies as well. It's a nice way to to do this transition to put together people from different areas for instance to to discuss about some subjects, but uh, of course you have to create the environment, mm-hmm. the environment of confidence, and mm-hmm. uh, in order to people to really be be true, <laughs> uh, while they are uh, showing their uh, problems and they are exchanging experiences and uh, 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 the knowledge they have.
1: Oh, that's that's great because. I think, you, like you were saying, they, in order to really be honest, they have to trust that what they say is, is not going to be used against them in some way. But, um, and again, leader, exactly. le- the
2: leaders have such a role to play in really ensuring a kind of safe and secure environment to really explore these at a very profound level.
1: That makes total sense. Wow. All right. Well, so we're up on another break this time is flying. I'm, I'm just enjoying this so much. <laughs> and um, yeah. so when we come back, I'd love to explore how holonomics could help us become more sustainable. So before we go to break, I just want to reintroduce Simon Robinson and Maria Morais Robinson. And you can learn more about their work at transitionconsciousness.org. And they have a book out, Holonomics, which we're talking about today, available on uh, Amazon UK. But y- .co.uk, but it'll be on Amazon.com in a few weeks. And we'll be right back.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
0: you are tuned in to quantum business insights with olivia parr rood to reach the program with questions or comments please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com that's show at oliviagroup.com Now, back to Quantum Business Insights.
1: Hi, Olivia here with Simon Robinson and Maria Moraes Robinson of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And they're talking about their new book, Holonomics, Business Where People and Planet Matter. And so before the break, we were talking about how to apply this to business and create a safe environment where people can actually explore New ideas and manage change safely, and all the different things that are necessary in our complex economy. And uh, we got talking a little bit about sustainability. So I would love for you to share how holonomics can make us become more sustainable.
4: Yeah, in fact, as we said, holo, holonomics is the the way that we see economics as a whole, so as a system. So in this sense, we see people in nature, Not they are not only resources that we exploit and are seen as infinite. We need to see them as a part of a greater whole. So when we are talking about holonomics, we are talking about these interactions, these connections between nature, people, systems and uh, everything that we do. Uh, has an impact in everything. So, this is what uh, we we try to do uh, with holonomic thinking. We can see these relationships differently.
3: That's
4: so, uh, in this sense, it's more um, in a sustainable, in a more resilient way.
1: Well, that's great. So, in a way, we're sustaining our business, but we're also sustaining our planet, it sounds like. Exactly. Can you... And, and,
4: oh, sorry. Well, go it's, ahead. And, yeah. yeah, and it's important to, uh, to say that the sustainability, mostly in uh, human systems, they are based, and we believe in that, they are based in human values.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were actually sharing at the break that you try to see the best in people, that you believe that, that if we can bring that forth, we're going to have the best results and the healthiest employees, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. So, we, you mentioned a company earlier which I would love for you to spell. Is it G O R E? Was that the company? Yeah,
2: Gore, Gore Associates.
1: Oh, great. Okay, so if my listeners want to look up that, but can you give some other examples of companies that are already using maybe these holonomic principles?
2: Yeah, um, one sort of very large um, inter- international organization is Kyocera. And we talk about this a lot because Kaiusera have developed what they call the amoeba management system. Mm. and this again, if we th- if this is um where we uh, get into how we can become inspired, develop business which is inspired by nature. So the amoeba management system is all about developing teams which are kind of seen. They use the metaphor of amoeba, and what amoeba can do, amoeba come together they join, they replicate, and they can also um, split and divide rapidly as and when the circumstances within their environment demands it. And so also, you know, with amoeba, there's a certain size, there's a right size for an amoeba. And this is something we really have to learn in business. In nature, we we don't often see uh, um, unlimited growth in nature. Mm-hmm. Nature often finds the right size for to live and to sustain itself. And this is what we can really learn there. In, in Brazil, um, I've been working with a company and I have good friends at a, at a um, consultancy called Mandala. And they work with the concept of conscious innovation. So it's very much aligned with what we're doing in Holonomics, developing a deeper level of mindfulness in companies that are innovating. And they have a wonderful case study where they've been working with Nike. And with Nike, if we think about how Nike normally operates, it's very top-down. They saturate outdoor spaces with their advertising. It's very much them being in control of their brand, their brand message, and them telling people what the brand means. Mm. Now, this isn't really working anymore because it's, it's quite a mechanistic way of putting people into categories. Uh, putting people into target markets, segmentation, and just looking at how people are different from each other. But what Mandala have been doing with uh, Nike here in Brazil is obviously Brazil, it has a lot of social problems. It has a lot of economic problems. Brazil has very complex problems. And if we actually look at Nike in Brazil, it's very much seen as um, an exclusive luxury brand that has no relevance to the majority of people. Hmm. So Nike had to completely change their concept. This is changing their mental model of what the brand is at a very profound level, and going out into different communities um, in Rio de Janeiro in preparation for the World Cup prior to the Olympics and really no longer seeing customers as kind of abstract target markets, but going into individual communities and really trying to understand um, the different communities, what they're doing, the relationships between people there. And in each and every community, uh, from a kind of ground-up level, Nike was then really supporting kind of sports-related community projects. And this is a way of really developing a sustainable and genuinely authentic relationship with both current and maybe future customers, because nowadays we have to move away from this model of consume, consume, sell, 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 to one of developing long-term sustainable relationships with customers. And therefore, the, the, the value... Um, here for Nike is in very much the long term now they're moving away from this kind of top down imposing themselves imposing their brand on people to really looking at what does the brand mean for these communities people in different parts of Rio de Janeiro with their different stresses in life different problems but their dreams goals and desires and this is where we get into the, the deep deep aspects of holonomics which is an ability to really understand the meaning and really honoring human experience.
1: Wow, oh, that's beautiful. So yeah. I'm curious, did they have any competition or were they just trying to get people they weren't trying to steal market share obviously. <laughs> they were just trying to get Yeah, out.
2: yeah, the the problem is that many people in Brazil just it Nike's just not relevant to them. It's mm. it's totally beyond their their kind of their world, their reality. Mm-hmm. So Nike was really showing how, no, no, we are relevant to you, but we're not going to kind of impose this meaning. We're not going to impose our brand on you and just say, this is how, our, what our brand means for you. It's, it's a, it was a great challenge for Nike because they had to completely change the whole way of thinking about branding. And so I sometimes talk about holonomic brand value. Sometimes we have to let go of kind of we have to let go of our attachment a little bit to what a brand means to really allow an authentic meaning of the brand to emerge, you know from our customers our, our um, ecosystem as a whole.
1: That's fascinating. And it even translates for people in the u s who follow politics that mm-hmm. there's one party in particular that's now just trying to understand how poor people survive so that they can perhaps be more sensitive to their needs. And it's, you know, that some of these candidates are actually going and talking to people who are, are poor to actually learn about their lives. It's, yeah, ab- you know.
2: absolutely. And this this is what's really needed. Again, with leaders, sometimes like business leaders can be really divorced from both their customers and their products. And there's no link there. And what we're now seeing, especially because holonomics applies to innovation as well. And, you know, we have to move away from just living our lives in or living executive lives based on PowerPoint and spreadsheets. Mm and really moving to a more authentic way of seeing both nature and people.
4: Yeah, there is another example in Brazil, there is a company, the name is Mercur, is a manufacturing company specialised in rubber. Mm. And they are now really making a very big change in in the company. They are, uh, they discussed it for a time, the principles that they really have to follow. And that must have been the, the, the basis of the company. And so they decided to go out from some areas or some uh, markets because we were not allow, uh, aligned with the principles. And uh, they are investing a lot to discover new technologies not to use uh, not to use uh, anymore they don't use animals t- how to protect for instance amazon because the rubber comes from amazon in brazil yeah. how to protect the community how to do the products in a such a way that the employees are involved uh, in their hearts, uh, authentically involved in the projects with the clients and knowing the really knowing the the customer. So, for instance, they produce uh, rubbers, Or erasers
2: in American English, I think.
4: Okay, erasers. Yes, and um, so they went to the the communities, to the schools, to poor schools, to understand how children use the erasers uh what happens when the razor uh finishes but not finish it uh totally and they discharge the
1: eraser so they so are st- just to clarify i think it's eraser is that that's what you're is that, yeah. it wipes off something yeah. you've written yeah. okay good yeah Thanks. yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> it's very very interesting so it's a uh, another example of company that uh, is uh, doing a holonomic uh, thinking way of doing the business.
1: So I'd love to know if you know what drove this change for that company. Do you know how it, like, did somebody just kind of start to feel guilty or were they having problems economically or was it a combination?
4: No, in fact, this company is already 90 years and uh, the new generation that assumed the presidents of the the company uh, has this new vision. Mm. Uh, And so he decided that, in fact, they should be a more sustainable company. And in fact, they they, they went out from uh, some uh, uh, markets, and they had a problem for some time, because the results uh, the financial results yeah. just
2: plummeted when they when they left some unsustainable. Uh, pro- they they just left uh, some unsustainable products.
4: Exactly, like, unsustainable oh. not in yeah. terms of financial, but <laughs> unsustainable in terms of to be sustainable in the holonomic sense. But after that, they were able to to change the technology, the way they did uh, business, and uh, some customers really appreciated and really understood this changing. So they they had uh, they 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 were able to come back for the results.
1: That's that's really inspiring. We just have two minutes left, so I'm probably <laughs> just thinking uh, to. to talk about this i know that some of the research is showing too that customers are now looking to to buy products from companies that care about the environment that are trying to be sustainable so is that something that they're considering as well yeah yeah exactly
2: oh absolutely and um for example i i spoke um a few weeks ago at um Uh, the Sustainable Food Summit Mm. um, in Sao Paulo, and I was really trying to make this point about brands. Brands now really have to have a deep and genuine authenticity about them because customers are becoming much more literate and really they want to connect with the brands that connect with their lives and companies that don't get it, they're just going to struggle.
1: Wow. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because I think it's better for all of us. So Simon and Maria, thank you so much for being my guest today. I hope you'll come back and visit us again.
2: I, I hope so I can't believe how fast time is flying. Thank you <laughs> yes. so much for our invitation. Yeah. yeah.
1: My pleasure. And and listeners, be sure and check out their website, transitionconsciousness.org, and look for their book on Amazon in a few weeks. And so next week my guests will be Jeremy Eden and Terry Long, co-CEOs of Harvest Earnings. And we'll be discussing their new book, Low Hanging Fruit, 77 Eye-Opening Ways to Improve Productivity and Profits the key to finding and fixing business problems is to tap in to those closest to the customer and closest to the work for solutions, the employees. Very much the theme of what we were talking about today. So you can see why I'm excited to have Jeremy and Terry on my show next week. So for a full description of this show and other upcoming shows and guests, as well as access to all past shows and guest bios, please visit www.QuantumBusinessInsights.com. I'm your host, Olivia Parood, saying thank you for tuning into to Quantum Business Insights and have a great week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week.